Well, the big story on India decides this evening. How many times have we heard the government say that the CBI is an independent body? And how many times have we seen the opposition rubbish these claims? Now, in the latest embarrassment for the government, details are emerging of how the law minister and PMO officials, Prime Minister's office officials, vetted and allegedly toned down a report of the CBI on the cold scam before the report was due to be submitted to the Supreme Court. The opposition is predictably up in arms and the government's response is predictably muted. The minister in charge of the CBI, V. Narayan Sami, was huddled in a meeting with the law minister, Ashwini Kumar, after revelations that the law ministry had influenced the CBI's status report to the Supreme Court on the coal scam. Neither minister commented on these allegations revealed in an Indian Express news report, which says the CBI was asked to make changes to their coal report. Law Minister Ashwini Kumar asked the agency to tone down the report. The CBI had told the court that the coal ministry had failed to verify the bids properly before allocating coal mines. And as the Supreme Court wanted an assurance from the CBI that they were not sharing sensitive details of the case with the government, the agency was bound to report the law ministry's interference. When contacted, the CBI did not deny these reports, simply saying, the CBI is yet to file an affidavit before the Honorable Supreme Court. We will strictly comply with the court orders. But while the agency has maintained a telling silence, the political repercussions have been strong, especially since the coal ministry was directly under Prime Minister Manmohan Singh at the time. CBI cannot go to the root of the matter. CBI cannot find out the truth. And even if some honest officer in the CBI tries to find out the truth, the UPA is a rogue government which will not allow it to operate independently. This is a classic case of the ruling party interference in the work of uh, CBI, misuses CBI, abuses CBI to promote their own interest or to save their own skins. This episode comes close on the heels of many other instances of alleged government interference. From ministers stopping raids on the DMK's MK Stalin to a court hauling up the CBI for ignoring witnesses against Congress leader Jagdish Teitler in the 1984 anti-Sikh case. But the government refused to accept any wrongdoing. It is absolutely baseless. CBI is not being put any pressure. CBI is working absolutely independently. They are going to file their affidavit before the Supreme Court. Things will be clarified. Civil society activists like Kiran Bedi point out the answer lies in the Lokpal bill, which aims to have a more transparent system for the appointment of the CBI director. But will the government show the willingness to let go of their control? They say they are committed, but are yet to prove it by getting the Lokpal bill passed in Parliament. In New Delhi, with Sunitra Chaudhary, Neha Khanna for NDTV. So is this the Central Bureau of Investigation or the Congress Bureau of Investigation? That's what the opposition wants to know. Joining us, Meenakshi Lekhi, spokesperson of the BJP. Sanjay Jha, member of the Congress Party. And Prashant Bhushan, national executive member of the Aam Aadmi Party. Thank you all very much for joining us. Uh, Sanjay, uh, what else does the opposition need to say or need to prove you know, to indicate that in fact the CBI is entirely controlled by the government. 
No, I think it's a very absurd and a preposterous charge because, you know, I read the report in the Indian Express. It talks about sources. Now, I don't know how to respond to sources because there's no, no limits or no end to what kind of speculation sources are capable of. Uh, as you already heard, a uh, responsible member of the Congress Party who said the CBI is filing an affidavit. But, but Sanjay, journalism, investigative journalism is based on sources. Yeah. Investigative journalism is based on sources. We've gone to the fair CBI enough. today. Fair and enough. Asked fair enough. The CBI has no, not no, even denied these charges. No. Well, let me tell you, the CBI is going to file an affidavit. That's a requirement that the Supreme Court has asked for. In fact, the Supreme Court is very clear that the political executive will have no infringement or any kind of engagement or involvement in the entire uh, process before, they, before the report is tabled. So I think at this point of time, I would not like to prejudge the case. Number two, I'm very surprised that this is the same Bharatiya Janata Party. I read Arun Jaitley's statement about, you know, it's a rogue government and so on and so forth. I think it's extremely unfortunate that a response member of the Bharatiya Janata Party is using such pedestrian language. But the truth is, this is the same, same BJP which is now trusting the uh, CBI but otherwise chooses to call it the Congress Bureau of Investigation. So everybody wants very to normal trust the CBI because but the, the point fact is that the that CBI has got a certain... No, no, but I, let me put it across like this. Uh, there is an independent authority, a constitutional authority, under whose supervision the CBI is expected to function. Now, there have been allegations in the past that, yes, the government can influence it. I don't think anybody's denying that. The government can. Now, whether it has in this case, I think it's, it's, it's in the realms of speculation. Why don't we wait for a couple of days, let the CBI affidavit be made, and then the truth will be absolutely, I think, in my opinion, explicitly out? Minakshi. I just want to uh, clarify a few things to Sanjay because Sanjay said that it's in the realm of speculation. So let me tell him that why speculation only in this case? Is this a normal procedure that every file needs to go to the law minister or needs to go to the PMO? And if that is not the prescription of the law, then why is it that in this specific case the file should go to these two and the matter should be vetted by them? Now this is not what has happened by sources, this is what has happened in the court and in the courtroom the status report while the court going through and three judges bench going through the status report specifically asked Mr. Ranjit Sinha to file an affidavit that this particular status report has not been vetted by the political executives. Now, and they have also sent the instructions that DOPT has to write whether the people who were involved from the PMO, whether they fall within the realm of political executives or executives otherwise. Now, this is what has happened so far as the facts of the matter are concerned. The other facts of the matter is that We've seen how titleless matter has been dragging on. We've seen several cases in which CBI's proceedings have been protracted. Okay, I'll just interrupt you there because we'll discuss that as well. But I want to break this up. Uh, before I come to you, Sanjay, Prashant Bhushan also wants to come in. Go ahead, Mr. Bhushan. Sure. No, uh, <coughs> uh, Mr. Sanjay Jha, being the spokesperson of the Congress Party, is now saying that, well, uh, let uh, the CBI director's affidavit uh, be filed and then the truth will come out. Is the Congress party denying the fact that uh, the CBI's status report was vetted in the office of the law minister and that uh, uh, the law minister participated in finalizing the status report of the CBI which was to be filed in the Supreme Court? 
is the Congress party denying that the report was also vetted in the office of the uh, of the Prime Minister? Is the Congress party denying that the Attorney General was present at this meeting? Is the Congress party denying that the uh, officer investigating the or in charge of the Colgate investigation, Mr. Ravi Kant, the DIG, Mr. Ravi Kant, has been moved out of the CBI immediately or soon after the last okay, hearing? You raised five Court. questions. Let's try and see if we can get any answers. Sanjay, go ahead. Well, let me tell you, I think it's very obvious here that when the government has already stated, I think there is a clear statement made that, you know, whatever report has been published, it alludes or insinuates that there was some kind of an attempt to soften whatever were the findings of CBI uh, that has got to be presented before the Supreme Court. Now, there is a clear instruction given to the CBI that they are supposed to report to the Supreme Court in case there has been any contravention of their dictate that no political executive ought to be engaged before the report is filed. Now, sitting here, uh, I'm sitting here in Mumbai, Mr. Bhushan and Minakshi Lekhi in Delhi and you in the studio. None of us really can actually claim to have access to what really transpired no, why until the, the authorities. And here you're talking about the CBI director why himself. The, the, the minister in the no, PMO, minute, Mr. Narayan Swamy, this is the, this. I'll tell you why. The government... No, no. I, I'll tell you what. Because the report talks about the CBI and principally this is about the CBI and the Supreme Court. I don't think why the government should come into play. If, for because example, it's the allegation against the law minister, it's an allegation against the minister in the Let prime the CBI minister's office. confirm that. No, but Sanjay, you're missing the point over here. I the don't point think so. Is that I don't think so. The, the, the I, I think minister. this is an allegation against the CBI. No, no this is an allegation against the CBI. And so the it's CBI an allegation against how the government has vetted if it was really influenced a by CBI the CBI report, allegedly, all right? I mean, actually, go ahead. The allegation is not against the CBI. Allegation this is, is an against allegation, the government uh, of the day. No, allegation, allegation is that it is calling for the files before it's being submitted. It's vetting the reports, status reports, before they are being submitted to the Supreme Court. In fact, when CBI is investigating these very political uh, people, the, these very people are going to vet their own cases. Is this, the, is this what the law prescribes? If you want to file a case against me, I will be sitting and filing charge sheet against me or see what charge sheet will get filed against me. This is the case. The case is that government has been calling no, just, for the files no, and no, no, inter no, interfering, in the, interfering in the work of a statutory next. body. That is the problem. All right, Sanjay Jha and then Mr. Bhushan. Sanjay, go ahead. No, in very short terms. Yes. You know, this is why I said this entire uh, conversation is in the realms of speculation. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to, whether the law minister saw a particular file, did he just see it, did he try to influence it, did he Bet. seek an interpretation, did he want to be just informed of what really was in it. I, I have, you know, I, I don't think call? anybody here can speculate on that. But why, why, why is this This is the point I don't understand. Why doesn't Mr. Ashwini Kumar go on record? The point I'm making here. And say, no, it never happened. Uh, why has that still not happened? This is the biggest story in the well, country. Let me tell you. It's a banner headline in the Indian Express. I don't think the government needs to drag itself. No, no, one minute. Why should the government react to a newspaper report based on sources where it's a responsibility of the CBI to respond? Because that is really government interference. In fact, I think it's better that an independent authority works independently. All right, Mr. Bhushan, why did you take that point that it's the CBI's job to respond? Why is the government being defined? And it's not the government's job to respond. But the yeah. CBI, because we did so go to them, they've not denied this. 
they are not saying anything but so they haven't denied it either so let us see what happened in the last hearing at the supreme court uh, after the this was this hearing was on the 12th of march the previous day the uh, cbi had filed their status report in the supreme court uh, after the status report had been read out i pointed out to the court that look in this case the cbi in their affidavit this was the dig mr ravi kant's affidavit in the supreme court in which they had said that we are investigating the role of the prime minister's office in this we are investigating the role of several other ministers in this we are comprehensively investigating this whole scam at which i got up and said that look uh, if the prime minister's role is uh, being investigated if several ministers are being investigated then the cbi cannot be expected to do an independent investigation in this matter because the cbi is completely controlled by the government their transfers postings promotions disciplinary proceedings are all controlled by the government it was at this point that the uh, uh, presiding judge justice lodha Uh, asked the CBI's counsel that well, <clears throat> uh, I hope that the CBI status reports are not being shared with the government. At which the Attorney General immediately got up and said, "Of course not. Even I have not seen uh, the status report uh, of the CBI." And that is why the Supreme Court then asked the CBI director to file an affidavit to the effect. that the status report has not been shared with anybody in the political executive and that it will not be shared in the future now it transpires that that statement of the attorney general was totally false that it that this uh, status report was not only shared with But the change. law minister and people change. in the prime minister's office but it was vetted and diluted in those offices okay. and not only that the attorney general was himself present at this meeting at the law minister's office and not only that immediately after the hearing this hearing is on the 12th of march yes within 10 days of that the dig in charge of the investigation mr ravi kant who had filed his affidavit in the supreme court saying that this is the scope of the investigation was immediately moved out of the cbi okay let me just what does all this show okay what does this show sanjay why don't you counter what he say because he's got it out point by point go ahead no i have read this before in fact in fact if i'm not remember if i'm not mistaken april 26 is by which time the cbi is expected to uh, submit its entire report and and whatever findings it has had the the point that one is making here is that they if there is a meeting between any element of the government and the cbi to assume or to allude that the meeting has to do with the uh, with the coal allocations report or his findings is speculative that's a point i'm making now at the moment mr bhushan <laughs> says that there is there has been a meeting that the attorney general is lying now now let me tell you i would like to ask him a question he cannot on what basis is he making that allegation you see everything at this point is on the basis of allegations now who can answer this best 
the only authority who can answer that best is not me is not minakshi lekhi is not prashant bhushan because there are two people here making allegations the authority that can really go to the supreme court and actually can be also cross questioned if they have submitted wrong information is the central bureau of investigation i have full faith in them i believe they work independently there is a cbc that monitors them yes these are controversial cases where people would like to make right, political brownie points mr I, bhushan is also a pol political animal right now let us wait for a couple of days by tuesday or wednesday you will have the answers let's have patience all right. that's all okay, i fair that's enough. all i say you have faith in the cbi i think the, the the larger issue sanjay this evening is whether people in the country are losing faith in the cbi or have lost it altogether uh, irrespective of what the opposition has to say but that's a larger issue thank you all very much for joining us it's time now for us to take a short break up after that are there troubles in the alliance between the jdu and the bjp the jdu seems to still indicate that narendra modi is unacceptable to them as choice of the bjp leader for 2014 Well the death of five Indian peacekeepers in South Sudan is one of the biggest losses that India has suffered in peacekeeping operations in decades. India continues to play a very important role in United Nations peacekeeping operations in several parts of the world. Well joining us now from South Sudan the uh, Assistant Secretary General of the United Nations Mr Tony Banbury who's on a visit uh, to Indian soldiers who are operating over there. Mr Banbury give us an idea firstly of morale of the soldiers who you've met they've suffered a big loss some of their closest colleagues have died what was their morale like the morale of the indian soldiers is very high i was able to visit the affected contingent in bor today together with the special representative of the secretary general ms johnson as well as the deputy force commander brigadier general mystery and we met with the contingent commander colonel mishra and got a detailed briefing of the, the this incident and he confirmed that the the morale of the soldiers was very high the soldiers had uh, fought valiantly in the face of this uh, unprovoked ambush uh, they were dramatically outnumbered about 200 attackers to 35 soldiers and they they fought very bravely uh, the the commander lieutenant colonel uh, singh Uh, and the second in command all of the soldiers fought back and this the the killing would have been much worse had it not been for the bravery of these soldiers and i think they ought to feel very proud of what they had done even though we're all devastated by the loss of the five un peacekeepers well, many more details of that uh, we'll bring to you later on of that interview with the un assistant secretary general on the role of indian soldiers in south sudan remember five indian soldiers the uh, jawans and officer and one officer they were killed in that 200 indian soldiers a uh, 200 rebels surrounded 35 indian soldiers in this particular case 35 soldiers managed to fight for 1 hour five of them ultimately dying let's move on the bjp and key ally nitish kumar are meeting uh, this evening to see if differences between the two can be resolved today the janta dal united hinted again that gujarat chief minister narendra modi would be unacceptable as the prime ministerial nominee for the coalition fronted by the bjp the national democratic alliance or nda but it is no longer speaking of a deadline for the bjp to announce its candidate while the jdu says nitish kumar is not in the race for the prime minister's post outside the venue of the jdu's national executive there are massive posters of the two jdu power houses nitish kumar and sharad yadav taking on sonia gandhi and manmohan singh with the heading second mahabharat war 2014 no bjp leader can be seen in any of the posters bjp hamari mitra party hai 
मित्रों से ना सौदेबाजी की जाती है और ना मित्रों पे दबाव डाला जाता है जब तक भारतीय जनता पार्टी क्या संसदीय दल पार्लियामेंट्री बोर्ड कैटेगरिकली ये नहीं कहते हैं कि हमारा प्रधानमंत्री का दावेदार ये है एंटीसिपेशन में हम क्यों कमेंट करें हमारा बहुत ही पुराना एल है और यदि कोई बात होगी भी तो हम लोग मिल बैठ उसका समाधान निकालेंगे It may not have been a honeymoon between the BJP and the JDU for the past year, but the marriage is not over just yet. At the end of the first day of its national executive meeting in the capital, JDU leaders discussed the growing unease within the party to Modi's growing clout and his portrayal as the de facto prime minister candidate. But while the JDU today stopped short of issuing an ultimatum to its 17-year-old alliance partner, it did underline that Modi was unacceptable as a prime minister candidate. 2002 में जो कमनल राइट हुए थे, उसमें राज्य अध्यक्ष होने के नाते, हेड ऑफ़ द स्टेट होने के नाते, जिस मुस्तैदी के साथ, जिस दरिया दिल्ली के साथ and that perhaps is one reason why the BJP too has been cautious about officially announcing its prime ministerial candidate. While the JDU did not push the alliance with the BJP, the parties continue to raise the red flag as far as Narendra Modi is concerned. But it's also said that it's not willing to wait forever until the BJP decides who its prime ministerial candidate will be. The JDU is expected to pass its political resolution tomorrow as well as discuss the special status demand for Bihar. And while its leaders will debate the wording of its resolutions carefully, the BJP too is eagerly watching. In New Delhi, Siddharth Pandey for NDTV. Well, Siddharth joins us now for more on this. Siddharth, uh, if there is going to be uh, an announcement of a split, uh, is it likely to happen in the next couple of days? Because we've seen mixed signs. On the one hand, we've seen some JDU leaders saying that, look, the BJP is an important ally and an important partner. On the other hand, they've also made it clear that Narendra Modi is unacceptable. So how far is the JDU willing to go now? Well, Vishnu, to answer your first question, is there going to be a split right now? Will they announce it? Absolutely not. That's not how it's going to be played out, at least for the time being. Uh, in fact, what the JDU is uh, again saying, and they are different two points of view within the party itself, the growing unease with the fact that uh, the BJP is not really going ahead naming anybody and the growing clout on Narendra Modi. So a section of the party says that the BJP should come clean, it should announce its candidate. The other uh, section in the JDU says that, look, let's not pressurize them because they have been alliance partners. For the moment, at least, uh, at the end of uh, tomorrow, when the resolutions uh, are adopted, uh, they are not going to uh, perhaps put any time limit on this. They will uh, say it's up to the BJP, uh, which must discuss this candidate within the NDA fold. That's something, against, uh, again, that the JDU said today, that, uh, that the BJP is part of the NDA, and it hopes that this particular decision about a uh, prime ministerial phase will be discussed at the NDA forum. So as long as that happens, the JDU is happy, as long as there are no surprises. But it's clearly underlined once again the red flag as far as then in the Modi is concerned, saying that that's completely unacceptable. Uh, so that's something the BJP, of course, will have to watch out for. Uh, late today evening, of course, uh, Nitish Kumar actually went and had dinner with uh, Arun Jaitley. That was, of course, social call is what they're saying. But clearly, uh, in, in times like this, every meeting is being seen very closely. The BJP clearly will also be watching the wordings of what really goes down in that resolution tomorrow. But uh, to answer your first question again, they're not going to walk out just yet. In fact, they're going to tell the BJP once again that as long as you don't spring a surprise and as long as it's not Modi, uh, unofficially, of course, I'm going to mention Mr. Modi by name, uh, they don't have a problem just yet.
Paul Red Siddharth, we leave it there. Thanks very much for joining us. Well, that's all the time that we have on India Decides this Saturday evening. It's time now for a short break. There's a lot more coming up on NDTV 24 7.